The Oxal FM crew have a special guest. Today we are joined by Marty Bennett as we discuss all things competitive Pokemon, from the trading card games and Pokemon tournament to the main series entries and all the things that it takes to become a Pokemon master. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oxal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Severin. And today we're joined by a very special guest. Um, we are joined by Marty Bennett. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, Marty is joining us to talk all about Pokemon and specifically competitive Pokemon gaming. And we brought Marty on because, well, she has a lot of experience in uh, the competitive Pokemon scene. But even that aside... She's also a well-known uh, freelance video games journalist. Previously wrote for the official Nintendo magazine, right? You were one of their... Was it, was it like the community bloggers or something like that? Fan bloggers, Fan I think bloggers. they called us, yeah. And also Red Bull UK. Uh, and you also have a YouTube channel um, where you you have a lot of Pokemon-related videos like the trading card game opening vids and stuff like that, right? Yeah, general nintendo content really i've done openings of weird stuff from the nintendo vans to the other week i did rpg maker fairs collector's edition while there is a lot of pokemon stuff i want to broaden it mm. to nintendo mm. ideally there's just been a lot of pokemon stuff going <laughs> on right now this podcast is really really biased towards nintendo it really it? Like, is i think every other gaming episode we discuss is like oh nintendo's so good and, <laughs> oh when they did that thing it was so cool it's like yeah. okay yeah that is I, trust me true. we're not getting paid i promise <laughs> nintendo master race yeah exactly. i mean if they want to pay us i mean <laughs> that's on the cards uh but yeah your youtube channel is called uh, virtual accomplishment and we'll mm-hmm. have obviously links to everything in the in the show notes you also stream sometimes on twitch as well under the same name what kind of stuff do you stream on Twitch? Uh, Pokemon, Pokken, Arms, Splatoon, or just general stuff I have on Steam because I don't know about you guys, but I am well into uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds right now, a kind of game I never thought I'd be into. Mm. But um, I'd be streaming basically anything I feel like that wouldn't fit on YouTube. Here's a side question for you regards to streaming, because the only real Pokemon streams I've ever watched ones with you are the speed runs, and they are insanely impressive. Mm. Is that anything you've done before? No, I haven't done a speed run. I oh, who was the guy I watched? There was a guy I saw him get the world record as well, but then he lost it like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> I did used to watch this one guy speed run a few Pokemon games. Mm. And then the Jay Wits was trying to speed run the trading card game Game Boy game. <laughs> I played that back in the day. Oh, great that game. That was a great game. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably even learn how to play through that. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was a lot of collecting back mm. in the day, but I, d- I didn't know how to play. There was no one around to teach me mm. how to play. But that is one of very few games I'd say in my life <laughs> I've completed. <laughs> I guess back then I didn't. I was younger, didn't have as many games, obviously couldn't afford to go out and buy another game. So you kind of had to finish the games you had back then. But yeah, yeah, absolutely love that game. And Pokemon was definitely something for you that really kind of hit home, didn't it? Because, I mean, that's why you've been playing it competitive for so long, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I got Pokemon Blue Christmas 
day 1999 i want to say smtv live was on the tv <laughs> um, it's one of my earliest memories that i remember getting blue because obviously it was the big thing mm. and didn't have any friends to play it with mm. and then obviously you needed red to trade with and then i think it was like next christmas i got red from a nan and granddad <laughs> and um Pretty much every birthday and Christmas then consisted of game and whatever Pokemon games <laughs> were available at that time hmm. on the Game Boy. But all that all that preps definitely comes to good use because you you've you've made some pretty impressive accomplishments over your competitive career, haven't you, so far? I, I'm not sure what it was. I think I was just looking at oh, this is no plug. Um <laughs> Cerebi dot net. Um so those you know, my my boyfriend that runs <laughs> Cerebi. I was just browsing as I did pretty much every day and still do every day and then I saw that there was going to be a championship so I was like oh man that's really really cool I want to do that I missed it the first year because I only heard about it like the day before it happened and then uh, 2011 I think was heart gold soul silver mm-hmm. 2010 mm. yeah heart gold soul silver I went up to Birmingham NEC uh, took part I didn't really know much about training Pokemon properly, but then I ended up getting top 64, which was out of 510. That's a decent accomplishment for your first first foray into it. And it was single elimination. It's pretty harsh. It was harsh. Single elimination seems like a very unfair way of doing a tournament. Yeah, it was single elimination for the next two years after that as Uh. well. Mm. Because you also placed in the what? So the in the 2012 one, yes, you were eighth yeah. right in the UK qualifier, and that made you the highest placed female competitor in Europe, which I think is a serious accomplishment for for that year. Um, it's really really good. Yeah, it was um, really really weird. It was around the time like I was heavily involved with writing for official Nintendo magazine back then as well. Mm. Nintendo TV were there, and they were like filming me a long way <laughs> i i don't know it there's something happened it was a few rounds in and then i played someone they did actually beat me but then they got hack checked and they got caught out for hacking so no i way. was brought back in because obviously it was unfair and yeah i played a few more rounds i i got a buy because there was a odd number of players or whatever and in that top eight match i played up against a german friend benjamin who used to come up all the way over from germany to play who i met at my first ever event in birmingham so it's kind of bittersweet it's like oh you're my friend but oh you're my friend and i kind of have to uh beat you Surely that's so perfect. Surely that's like, you know, friends becoming rivals sort of thing. That's like something you'd see in the end of the TV show or something. That's cool. That's a story. Yeah, it's really annoying because like you may make all these friends, but then you really want the goal so badly. But for this match, because it's single elimination, maybe not so much now, but back then it was it was kind of heartbreaking, especially because this top eight yeah. match, if I had won it... I would have got a paid trip to Hawaii Ooh. for the oh World goodness. Championships. It, I, it, it stings. I've been to Worlds now last year, but it was kind of almost like a dream that was never going to come true because I always wanted mm. to go to Worlds and mm. it just didn't feel obtainable. But mm. yeah. 
you did also um you did also win the the pokemon battle tournament qualifier in which was in bristol right um in 2014 yeah it was not run by pokemon it was run by uh, okay. game stores and nintendo there was several qualifiers in uh, game okay. stores around the country and yeah i somehow won which was quite a surprise and then the finals of that were in london and john it was hosted by johnny vegas <laughs> <laughs> It was a really, really bizarre thing because I was tweeting him. We had a bit of a back and forth. And then at the event, we said low and everything. After I played, he was like, do you want a battle? And he only just started <laughs> the game. And yeah, of course, I beat him. He was, he was, <laughs> of course, really, he was right? a really nice guy. And <laughs> the winner of that battle tournament, and this hurt as well. So they did it as round robin. So there was different pools of I think four people per pool. And you played everyone and the person with the most wins went through. I missed out going through to the next round because the person who I lost against had also the same record as me. But because he Mm. was my loss, he went through. The overall prize for that tournament was a paid trip to Japan. Another one of my dreams (laughs) to go to Japan but yeah, that was that was a fun little thing. Mm. I had a little cry on the train home because it wasn't fair. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I yeah, it's good stuff. So it's a lot of heartbreaking stuff. But what is it about Pokemon that makes it a competitive game? Like, so all, all these emotions flying around. You know, what do you have to go through to get there and to, to begin with? Mm. Okay, so being a general pokemon fan and playing the games uh, that's a good start <laughs> and so where do you begin okay there's three different routes to go down for worlds you have the video game the trading card game and newcomer which is pokemon tournament so if you start with the video game there are several events throughout the country and even europe over the year uh, the season typically runs from september up until Worlds. Starting small, you have Premier Challenges. These are smaller events, run quite often, and placing well gets you championship points. Now, these championship points, you need to accumulate, I think it's around 510. Uh, You need to earn points to earn your invite to Worlds. Now, Top 32 players in the Europe region, I believe, get an invite. So it's like, oh, yeah, you've earned points, but you kind of have to pay your own way to, to get to us. So, it is. And then you get to play on day one of Worlds. So you get your day one invite. If you place top eight, mm-hmm. so four or eight, I want to say eight, you so the players in Europe with the top amount, top eight players with the most amount of CP will get a paid day two trip to Worlds. So you got your flights, accommodation paid for, and uh, you don't have to... That's what you want, right? You want that, oh, uh, yes, you want that paid for ticket. Because <laughs> it's not cheap, believe me. And then you, you go straight through to day two. So day one, is where, day one is for scrubs and day two is where the real challenge begins, right? Yeah, I, yes, you, you could say that. I mean... <laughs> Last year, the CP bar was really quite low. They were trying out some new things, and a lot of people got the CP total. So there was a lot of people at Worlds mm. 
last year. So they've, they've made it a little bit higher this year. So there's not as many people. Scrubs. Use the words. <laughs> <laughs> Call them what they are. Oh, no. I mean, you, you kind of like you got to earn the CP. So. Well, that's, that's the question I was going to ask, actually, is with the CP, like, do you have to do this, say, at local game shops or is it running kind of like centrally through Pokemon Company slash Nintendo or? So these premier challenges, some game shops run them. Um, my nearest one's quite a way away, but that's done at a little like, a labor club, conference rooms, gyms, Pokemon professors that run them. Like you have to apply to become um, an organizer to, and you take a test to become a professor and you get your white that's amazing you, you can your be like an coat. official pokemon you professor. can that's be so cool. an official pokemon professor that sounds like a valid career path yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> apart from it costs you more in your own time and money <laughs> <laughs> yeah so these premier challenges are small events and you know it's less turnout there's lesser cp on offer mm-hmm. the more people that turn up the threshold goes up and you will gain more points uh, depending okay. on the turnout that's interesting uh, so they're run quite often i think my local mm-hmm. was doing one or two a month but the attendance wasn't mm, okay. doing so great it really depends where you are in the country if you're yeah in like of course a city or yeah so that's premier challenge you start off small that if you want to get into go into events and learning the internet you start by digging out your nearest premier challenge there's quite a lot of sort of structure then in place um, for all of these, you know, like there's a whole kind of process. You, It kind of, in some ways, it's kind of mirroring the games a little bit in, in, in some ways in that you've got these, you know, events that are run around the country or around the, you know, around the world, essentially, mm-hmm. where you can gain these official points that then ultimately potentially end you up going to the to the world championships. Yeah, I mean, you can you pretty much call them gym badges i guess yeah they're basically gym badges yeah. right like with points yeah. um which is which is really cool actually i think that it's it's interesting because we've talked a little bit about other esports and esports in general things like um you know mobas like league of legends and stuff like that but this is actually quite i mean i i don't know a huge amount about esports but this feels like it's quite different and it's done sort of quite differently and i guess part of that is i don't know maybe it's seth you 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 know you've done competitive card gaming like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that is this kind of a similar sort of structure to things like that it's a, it seems like it's a little bit more inclusive um mm. from from my, my personal experience in that uh it's kind of open to anyone no matter what you want to do no matter who, where, you, where you are then there's not anywhere i mean obviously the card game is something that's a little different but there's not like a cost barrier because one of the biggest problems i kind of face in a lot of competitive games is there's often like a, a cost barrier just to kind of get the stuff you need i could argue there is quite a cost barrier to um pokemon because in terms of well if you want these points you have to go all across the country mm. unless you've got a local league that's really dedicated or if you've got a regional that's next door to you for the most part, most people in this country that play competitive Pokemon, video game and TCG will have to travel some distance. I know people this year that have travelled across the world. They've gone to Australia for the internationals. They've gone to all four of the internationals in this season. So it is pretty brutal in terms it of in, it, from that point of view. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to do. Um, there's all of this structure. There's a lot of travel involved. Um, you know, this this is all very different from. I think maybe plenty of our listeners have have played 
Pokemon, you know, just casually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hearing all about this and all of this stuff that goes on and how competitive it is, the games are played very differently, right? Like we're not talking about ordinary kind of Pokemon battles. You won't get far playing with the team you beat the Elite Four with. Mm. Exactly. So what are the things that are kind of involved in that? Like what what are the kind of things that you have to prepare? So thinking about the, the video game specifically, I know there is also the trading cards and Pokemon, yeah. but the games themselves, there's a lot there. What, what kind of things do you have to think about? Oof, where to start? Right. So <laughs> things change. People discover new ways of playing things, gimmicks, try and catch people out. Things change. So you really got to keep up with the current metagame i guess they call mm. it yeah what we used at internationals in december two weeks after the game came out is completely <laughs> different to what everyone just used last weekend yeah things change a lot uh so mm. you've got to i don't know watch streams and um there's a lot of people competitive bachelors on youtube that do strategy videos and whatnot then is the hard part uh breeding the moves natures there's no such thing really as a perfect pokemon Mm. or a perfect team i should say really yeah because sure everything's weak to something and yeah i i'm yet to see a team that is just flawless in every way Mm. everything's got its downfall but from from the little bit I know, if you sort of correct me where if yes, I if I there. if I deviate from from what it is a little bit, but from what I know in the games, like normally when you just have Pokemon, you catch them or whatever, and they the game in order to introduce variety to make sure that like one Bulbasaur is not the same as another Bulbasaur. Yeah. There's a little bit of randomness, right? Like yes. there's bits about that Pokemon, like their nature or the the sort of underlying some of the underlying sort of values that are kind of hidden away from you that make that that pokemon different to other pokemon and then as a competitive player you try to maximize that right you try to sort of take advantage of what the game is randomizing to in some ways get a pokemon that is particularly the strongest of in the top 10% 10% of Rattata, yeah. um, you know, that's sort of yeah. those. And you do that via a whole bunch of means, right? Including breeding two yeah. Pokemon that are strong, it, kind of in a sort of genetics way, I guess, in yeah, a kind of like DNA style. It is um, genetics, as you say. We call them IVs and it stands for individual values. And yeah. it always has been an invisible part mm. of Pokemon behind the scenes that you, you can't see. But there are sort of ways of finding out how good the Pokemon's IVs are. Yeah. That Rattata, top percentage Rattata in the game, it had perfect IVs. That was a... Oh, really? Uh, I never yeah, knew that. that yeah, that's, that's... I don't know how long ago that came out, out like people discovered, but it is a perfect oh. Rattata. And I've actually named my Raticate, which has got perfect IVs in Pokemon Go, Joey, after oh. that. <laughs> anyway. IVs, it can be quite an intimidating thing to learn. IVs, it is like DNA. Yeah, exactly. Reading, say, a ditto with four good stats and like a Bulbasaur with four good stats, you could have a Bulbasaur after bringing them together with perfect stats. Like, But then there are EVs. When you fight a Pokemon in a wild, each Pokemon has a different effort value gains so 
you fight off the top of my head i might be getting this wrong zubat for speed that sounds right i mean a zubat is quick like it probably is speed i should know this <laughs> i've done a lot of ev training in my time <laughs> um so you you fight zubat fight i know loads and loads and loads of zubat and when you level up you'll see how many points have been added to that value in theory your speed stat should go up more because you have been fighting the same pokemon over and over and over and they're giving you speed points the problem lies with pokemon don't make this information available we we will only know what pokemon ev gains are because of third party sites which i'd say that is a that's a barrier. That is a big barrier. There is mm. nothing in game that little Joey can look at, like in the game. Like, it might not know about these helpful Pokemon websites like Therapy.net. Yeah. That I think is pretty bad because if I didn't look these things up online, I'm not going to know what this Caterpie or whatever yeah. is going to give me. EVs always used to be invisible, but in Sun and Moon, there's like a little um, chart. And it glows blue and it and it shows you how strange your Pokemon are in certain stats. I actually feel like Sun and Moon have particularly kind of embraced yes. the competitive scene a little bit more. They've made it more helpful. Yes. The game is now more helpful to try and train your Pokemon to be in a at a competitive Better level. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it is definitely a little bit easier in that respect to get into it now, but you're right there's still so there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of underlying stuff. And then even with all of that, right? In with all of that effort and you can train your pokemon to be the best ratata, but there's still the whole I think you kind you've kind of already mentioned this like there there is a meta, right? Like there's there are particular pokemon that people tend to use yeah. and you need to be aware of that and there's particular strategies We've touched on talking about the meta actually in previous episodes when we talked about um, League of Legends and we said, you know, that game changes a lot between the different seasons. Interestingly, in things like MOBAs like League and and, um, Heroes of the Storm and stuff like that, the game tends to change through patches. But with Mm. Pokemon, that isn't the case, right? Because they don't patch Pokemon because it's a a game on a cartridge, right? So instead it's more just people who play competitively tend to sort of shift in style in terms of you know and and i guess that's similar with card games as well um you know people have particular types of decks that they tend to use and then there's counters to those and Mm. it kind of works its way around based on what because you only have um you know is it, it in um competitively do you have six pokemon in your team the competitive pokemon is in double battles so you while you do have six Pokemon, you go in with six Pokemon, you have a team select screen. So you uh, you okay. see your six, you see their six, and you've got to pick four Pokemon to take in with you to battle yep. and try and guess what four Pokemon they're going to bring in. Yeah. Which gives a little bit more challenge to it. It's like a mini draft before each, uh, before each battle. So, yeah. yeah. It has a lot of uh, suspense, has a lot more mind games to it as well, which is certainly a big part of it, considering the fact that it's turn-based as well, which it adds a lot more to the mind game side of things than uh, the more of an active style of battle. Mm. And you mentioned that there's double that there are double battles. So, yeah. like, traditionally when you play Pokemon, most of the time you play 
maybe not in the recent games, but most of the time it's like one Pokemon v another Pokemon. But in competitive, it's doubles. Is that is that to add a, a bit more depth? Because there's a lot oh, more yeah. strategy and there's a lot of moves that sort of affect your partner and stuff like that. Moves that actually, when you play casually and you just kind of play through the game, you're like, why would I want protect? Why would I want, oh, yeah. you know, trick room? What the hell is the I'd point? But actually, competitively. on a good 90% of yeah. Pokemon that go into... Uh, and you you've hit the nail on the head. Some Pokemon work better with a partner and can support. Like, let's take an example on the spot. Uh, Cresselia can use Helping Hand on its partner Pokemon, say Garchomp. It will power yeah. it up, and it would have an even better earthquake um, even more powerful earthquake and, and of course cresselia would be levitating right so cresselia yeah, won't Cres- be affected by earthquake exactly and that yeah. is why cresselia garchomp is my favorite thing to use <laughs> and that's what got me top eight. Oh, nice that's that's a good that's a good example back 2012 cresselia garchomp super popular thing to use in my opinion yeah. like it, that was everywhere and yeah. then as time goes on, I mean, there's been a few years where that combo is hasn't been legal. Like you can't use that combo. Oh, really? Yeah, because those Pokemon have not been in that game's national decks. Ah, or... uh, of course, because different games have different uh, sort of sets of Pokemon in yeah. them, and so you can only, as the champ, as sort of competitive scene moves with the series of games, that's that's kind of like the patches, right? In 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 things like yeah. League and stuff so like that, that's... like. The game change is the rotation. Yeah. And there's been only a couple times where there hasn't been a new game and they've just kind of expanded the amount of Pokemon you can use. And for the card game, there are three main series sets that come out a year. And some of the older TCG sets get rotated out. So they they keep the games pretty fresh as a result, like both trading card and the games, like, you know, they're they're constantly changing in terms of what, you know, what Pokemon are allowed, as well as the meta of what people tend to use, you know, and that keeps it fresh as well, especially also as people learn, you know, the new moves and the new Pokemon as games come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that sort of brings me on to a question I had, which was, when when I sort of very, very lightly dabbled in all of this, I didn't really consider the aspect of training, like how as a not training your Pokemon, but training yourself in terms of playing playing matches and stuff yeah. like that. You know, we've talked a little bit about the events that are available, but presumably there are ways of training in between as well. And I think that that's quite interesting because people use people don't just train in the game right like there's sort of like theory craft style you know training in terms of like simulations and stuff like that is that right yeah there's um this is the kind of gray area like the uh (laughs) there is a program online called pokemon showdown which it's easy at the end of the day you put in the pokemon you want you put in the stats you want you put in the the ivs that you want it to have the evs the moves make a whole team like that you can play standard rules you can play so many different rule sets Mm. and people try out their teams online quickly and simply just to see if they work because you can do that in like five minutes and it could take days and days to do it 
when we say days, we mean days, right? Like oh, some yeah. of the, like training these Pokemon and, and, and attacking the right Pokemon to get the right EVs, yeah. breeding to get the right IVs and the natures and the moves and everything. That is literally like building a team is, is days. So if you do all of that, if not weeks, you do all of that and then your team doesn't actually work because you were kind of guessing, right? Like, yeah, so that's why the things like the time. simulator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, um, I don't use Showdown only if I see quickly see what moves stuff has, but I yeah. don't, I don't use Showdown to practice. It used to be like the really, really big thing to use to practice because in the video game, there wasn't a standard ladder. Like there's a single battle, double battle, I think there was triple and rotation yeah. back in the day. But Sun and Moon does have 24-7 a standard ladder which follows uh, the standard VG rules. That's cool. Um, so people don't have to turn to third-party yeah. things to get that practice. So while you can't make your team in five minutes still, you still can practice the standard format within the game Still, the fact still stands. It takes a long time to make these Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't I'll be careful what I say here. It's no secret, although people don't want to talk about it, that there is a lot of people in this community that use third-party software to make their Pokemon really, really mm. quickly. It's a shame. I can understand why, because as we said, things take time. We're, we're adults here. We, we're busy. We have jobs. <laughs> and, yeah. you know... It's it's dirty. I mean, Pokemon knows it's going on, and yeah. it, there's only so much hack checking can catch. Yeah, and of course. These Pokemon are so well made with these programs that as long as they're within the legal parameters of the game, and they're not making these Pokemon stronger than they should be, hack check will not catch these Gen. They call it Genning Pokemon. How I feel about it, I do not do it. And at the end of the day, even though you make the Pokemon in this way, you need to know how to use them. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of it's only shortcutting the time, right, to to yeah. to get those Pokemon. And actually, as we've sort of said, there's kind of there is kind of two prongs to this, right? There's a you've got to keep up with the meta, you've got to be good, you've got to have mm -hmm. that strategy, you've got to have that team that works well together. And part of that is also you've taken that time and efforts. And actually, it's you know maybe that taking that legitimate approach and doing it properly you know you're going to be more careful about the team that you build you're going to really think about it because you know that you're committing so much time and so you know that probably pays off in terms of how how far you reach because you put in that extra effort and so you're willing to go that extra mile and so you've probably also done that extra research because that's the type of person you are to, to sort of be you know super thorough about it right yeah, but also then you've like spent your whole time on this team that is not going to work. Well, that's the counterpoint, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting that there is kind of like a dark side to to the sort of competitive Pokemon mm -hmm. world, which I find is kind of there's sort of some irony there, but um, with the with the sort of style of the games. But with that in mind, like, what's the sort of vibe at the at the events? Like when you go to some of the you know the regionals or the or even the championships and stuff like that, like. What are these events like? Like, are people also, is it a little bit sort of like, I know that some things can be like super competitive and super mm. like harsh environment and very unfriendly, but. I don't have much experience with other competitive games. I've not been to any other competitive gaming events, but I can't think of any sour. I mean, every community has its dramas. 
and boy this community has its dramas but <laughs> nothing like super serious like mm. you go to these events and everyone's just it's all colorful everyone respects each other there's a few little clicks of people that have been around for a long time and especially like if people have come over from a different country like they yeah, like all hang sure. out together which is understandable and there are a few of i don't say elite players but well-known and experienced players that they don't really have like a standoff it's actually like people go up to them and say big that they're, they're big fans and it has its own level of celebrityness right like oh like, yeah um, you know, totally like um sports. I'll even admit I'm not going to name names, but there are a few competitive players that I've seen around at London Internats, uh, Internationals, which was international events only just started last year. And they're like little mini worlds, so to speak. And there are massive cash prizes on offer. So players from all over the world go to international. And there was a lot of American players and I did fangirl a little bit. It's like, oh man, I want to go up to them. And I, I'm, even at Worlds, it's like, I, I'm really shy. Like, I, they're just normal people. Yeah. Like, I had people coming up to me and my boyfriend, like, just randomly go into the lobby, like, you're Martin Joe, right? We're like, yeah. Oh, hi. It's- you don't know me. Bye. And then they walk off. <laughs> like, it's cool that yeah. it's it's a decent sort of friendly community. Oh, in that so sense. friendly, yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, like, you know, there's now these, you know, international tournaments with, mm. the, you know, there's sort of like Pokemon internationals, and there's there's cash involved now, like cash prizes oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, what do you think? It it sounds like the competitive scene of Pokemon is growing, perhaps in line with you know esports in general, right? Is 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 a growing thing, um, and mm. so it feels like this is sort of part of that. May not be what people think of when they think of esports, no, but no. it's definitely a growing thing. Um, and what do you think is in the pipeline? You know, what what do you, where do you think? Do you think this will continue? Do you think like Pokemon's going to continue to grow? Is there going to be you know what 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 sort of it, on your horizon in your mind for for Pokemon? So Pokemon being esports is a big discussion within the community right now. I see mm. it around a lot. At the weekend, Twitch put Pokemon on their esports tournament schedule and everyone yep. was tweeting, oh, we esports now. Pokemon, if you go back, you've got to go back a little bit. Pokemon was never designed to be an esport. Esports was not a thing in 1996. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they kind of had to make a competitive scene out of the game they had and they had to take control of it before the fans did their own thing because they want to protect their brand it started off small and fairly unfair uh with single elimination one event Mm. a year if you win you got to go to worlds you've seen that grow from one event a year single elimination to a couple events and now there's like loads and loads of mini events and bigger events all across Europe, across the world. And it's only in the last year, this season, they have put money into it. Like they have put prize money instead of a Nintendo 3DS because what do you want to <laughs> win when you've just been playing a, you know, Pokemon on your 3DS? Oh, you win a 3DS. Uh, <laughs> yay. And that's just to get around uh, tax. Yeah. <laughs> so they're definitely listening. 
And there are teething issues, which I really hope they're learning because mm. there's a lot of things not running so great. People aren't getting their prize money. If you win well at like regionals and internationals, you get like a stipend to pay for you to go to another event. So you get money and that pays for you to go to the next event. Mm. as kind of like an incentive mm -hmm. and people haven't been getting their money and mm. it, it's all a little bit messy and i think pokemon are still learning yeah and also because this goes through japan as well some of it so i think it might might be pokemon japan not quite understanding as well some of what we need the circuit in japan they, they got their own thing going on i think since the tragic earthquakes i still think their events have been um all for the video game i think have just been online mm, and there okay. hasn't been a physical event at least i've not heard of one mm. i think there's a misunderstanding of what the western pokemon side needs and mm. I, I could be wrong it could be all pokemon international <laughs> but there are definitely teething issues Prize money is definitely a good incentive. Obviously, it is not as much as other esports. They're just kind of testing things, really. And unfortunately, some some players are kind of getting screwed out of ever going to Worlds. Um, and it feels yeah. further and further out of reach. Like, say, little Tommy that can only go to his local Premier Challenge down the road, mm. even if he plays as well, he's never going to get enough points to go to Worlds. You have yeah. to travel the country. I'd say maybe even go to a couple of events in Europe and place well. I guess that that's kind of, that's just what is going to happen as it gets bigger and yeah. as more money gets behind it and it becomes more serious. You're naturally going to have that fall off. And so it's kind of, maybe that's what they're wrestling with as well, right? Like Pokemon as a brand is kind of a weird sort of dichotomy almost between mm. what it is as a game and where the competitive you know whether they like it or not kind of where it's going because it just gets more serious and people get more serious about it and so there's more money involved and that kind of thing and it's sort of a weird that's quite a difficult balance i guess for some for a brand like pokemon to to do also for something again air quotes as a kids game mm. you can go to events and only one child turn up <laughs> And there's one junior, like three seniors, because there's junior, senior, master's division. Kids don't go to these competitive events. Mm. They just do not go. So if, you, if you're if you an adult out there and you want to train up a, a child, just get them to place well in a handful of events. They don't need to go to half as many to, as adults do because they'll probably place high and get their world's invite. There's only three or four competitive youngsters in the juniors oh, division that get to go to worlds every year because yeah. they are the only children <laughs> that play oh, that's and, interesting yeah there's clearly a lot of a, a lot involved and uh it's been really interesting uh to, to to hear some of the detail from someone that's been involved themselves and and knows vastly more than me about all of this um and so that's really cool and if you, uh, the listener, if you've found this interesting, maybe you're now inspired to start training up that, uh, you know, that that competitive team. Maybe you're going to break out. Uh, Pokemon. Maybe you haven't played Pokemon for ages, but now you're thinking, oh, I want to get into it, um, and I want to, I want to be competitive. Um, what are the sort of as a, as a laundry list of like a couple of pe couple of sites 
that are that are particularly useful if okay. you're uh, if you're listening to this and you want to get involved. Right. Okay. So got to pip out the boyfriend site, Cerebi.net. <laughs> of course. As soon as any major competitive news happens, like dates for bigger events or streams, Cerebi.net will tell you all about them. Cool. Uh, Pokemon also do their own streams on Twitch mm-hmm. of the bigger regional international competition so check out those there are videos on uh youtube that pokemon have put up as well like recordings cut from the stream if you just want to get straight to the chase with that um cybertron vgc on twitter or cybertron productions on youtube he has a road to ranked series and he has been a competitive pokemon player for so many years mm-hmm. and he is um he's been world's competitor so many times he's won national events he recently was asked to commentate the pokemon streams but he will be playing at worlds he does a series on his channel called road to ranked and a lot of people follow his team because he thinks out loud he explains mechanics clearly and it gives you a good idea to see what people are playing with right now because everybody copies Cybertron's team. <laughs> Fair <laughs> like, enough. Like at London Internationals, it, the game had been out two weeks. Everyone there was like, oh, no, don't know what to use. I'll just copy Cybertron's team. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was actually there at the event as well, which was quite funny. <laughs> Obviously, they can also, um, you know, you, you cover the events a little bit as well. You tweet about it sometimes. Uh, yeah, when I go to events, I um, I tweet about it. And you vlog it. Do you vlog them as well occasionally on your, on your I YouTube? I, I vlogged Worlds, uh, Nationals, Internats, Regionals. I did a Regionals okay. vlog. I haven't done a Premier Challenge because it's really embarrassing when there's only like 20 people in a room and <laughs> you're there with And the you're camera. there vlogging. But if you want to get sort of an idea, there's a lot of people that vlog at these events, so just well, definitely go and definitely go and check out yours. It's your uh, YouTube.com forward slash virtual accomplishment, right? Like is your yeah. YouTube. And that's the same on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv yeah. slash virtual accomplishment. And but yeah, that's I think that that sort of wraps up this episode. I hope that uh, you found it interesting. Um, thank you, Marty, as well, for all of your for, for, for joining us. Um, thank and, you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I haven't rambled too much. No, it's it's totally fine. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting. There's a lot of information there to dig through, definitely. Definitely, oh, yes. yeah. It's, oh, it's... and if you want more information on um, IVs and EVs in a lot more depth, because there is a lot to it, uh, Cerebi has a guide on that, like a really easy dummies guide. Perfect. To make, to we, make will add, we will definitely add uh, some links in the show notes uh, yeah, for some yeah. useful resources and stuff like that. But in the meantime... Uh, thank you for listening I've been Gelada I've been Saffron and I've been Marty perfect Um, (laughs) and catch us again for another episode of Oxal FM soon catch us catch us oh very good very good (laughs) 